Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, it's time to engage, but disengage. It's time for me to barely engage you by dis to help you disengage, patrons. And thank you for uh, enabling me to do that. You're my dilithium crystals for reals. It just said, uh, like, I, I'm pretty pleased with myself because I just thought of that. Uh, it's totally obvious. Uh, so obviously you're my dilithium crystals, I think. Is that correct? Uh, let's get out the show. Uh, hey, you up on light tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do is a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could sit aside whatever's keeping you awake, uh, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, events, and I'm, I'm going to talk about a little minor event that kept me up last night, uh, and also the podcast kept me up, believe it or not, uh, uh, but uh, whatever's keeping you awake, being out of town, travel, someone else is out of town, you know, it might be something I, I don't even know about, and, but whatever it is, I hope I can help you, uh, and the way I do it is uh, I send my voice across the deep, dark night. Uh, I try to make you feel welcome. I, I'm, I'm doing the universal motion, as I always do, to smooth out this safe place and to pat it, uh, to warm it. Uh, so uh, I send my voice. I use uh, these lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, lots of pointless meanders and twists and bends, uh, extra words, extra pauses. I don't know if this second word is a word, but bonus buffoonery. Uh, like, uh, yeah, I think that's a word. But I mean, when you act like when you, I guess it would depend on, like that's a metaphorical buffoon. So buffoonery, mix, I get mixed up. That's another thing. So if you're new here, you're welcome. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Let me tell you about the structure of the show real quick. Uh, if this is your first few times listening, uh, thanks for making it this far. Because this is a sleep podcast, we do all our business up front. So it's about six minutes of business. And ideally, that's how we keep the show free at three times a week uh, with free archives. Uh, it's always been my goal for four years plus of working on this show. And we got to do that up front. So thank you for listening to that. Uh, then we have an intro, which I just started. Usually the intros are around 12 minutes of me. Uh, so far, 600 plus episodes trying to explain the podcast and how it works or talk about uh, the different thing. You know, like say, well, I can relate to your sleepiness because sleeplessness because of this or whatever. So that's the intro. Some people fall asleep during it. Some people use it to uh, get ready for bed. Uh, some people listen when they're in traffic. Some people listen to it in the middle of the night. Some people run the podcast all night long. So if you're new, try it out. It takes two or three times to see if the podcast works. But here's the other thing. Just because it's a podcast. Oh, so there's the intro. And then we're going to talk about Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation. And then there'll be some thank yous. Uh, so the show will be about an hour. And if you just want to get to the Star Trek stuff, the estimated time Sam should be in the show notes. So you can skip ahead. 
but also you don't need to listen. I'm here to keep you company. I'm your boar friend. I'm your boar bestie. I'm your boar bud. Whatever, boar bro, boar sib, boar sis, whatever you prefer to call me. Boar bay. You know, your boar boo. Uh, maybe, maybe I, I don't, I guess I'm not pumpkin pie spice, but you could, so, and that doesn't fit with boar, but, uh, it could be your boar, boar lantern, depending on what time of year it is. Uh, your boar, cornucopia, boropopia, something like that. I'm here to help you fall asleep, uh, but you don't need to listen to me. I'm here to keep you company. Like, just like a friend in the deep dark night would sit there at your bed to the bedside. And uh, we try to be there for you to, to be your companion, uh, which is what I'm gonna, I have on my mind tonight. Uh, uh, but, but whatever, so I'm here there to keep you company while you fall asleep. So you shouldn't feel any pressure to listen, but you also don't need to feel any pressure to fall asleep. I'm gonna be here for an hour, uh, talking. So just you kind of drift off. Uh, you don't need, really need to listen. This podcast doesn't so much put you to sleep, but to be there, to escort you, uh, to be at your side while you drift off and fall asleep. Uh, but, oh boy, like, did I not sleep a good last night? I have a dog that many, many of you know. Her name's Koa. And by the time this comes out, it'll be much after this. But she had to go see the VET uh, for the whole day yesterday to get uh, something... Uh, uh, take taken care of and it was uh, like an intense experience and it was like a uh, not on a, like it was on one of her paws so uh, it wasn't like uh it wasn't super stressful for me other than to like have to leave her there and then go back and have her see her be like what what is this what you know she doesn't know I say hey well this is just to take care of you you know, got to get that thing taken off and like find out what it is and make sure, you, you know, that way you can keep walking for years to come and dancing with your uh, uh, papa boo. Uh, but so we got home last night and obviously, you know, a dog doesn't have uh, the faculties to kind of process whatever that was uh, and also all the narcotics that we're going through. So Cohen needed some hardcore snuggling and... Uh, it, it was a paw, so she really wasn't mobile. So what I had to do in the living room was like create a little nest for her. And I mean, mostly she was like, you just left me at this vet. And then, you know, like, uh, uh, so she, she needed to, she needed a companion in the deep dark night last night and she needed a presence, uh, to be there. And so not only did I put a speaker in her nest to playing the podcast on, uh, uh, the smart speaker say, Hey, play sleep with me podcast and tune in. And it just plays continuously. Uh, so if you listen all night, that's a great thing. Or you could say, Hey, also set a sleep timer for 45 minutes. Uh, but in this situation, there was going to be no sleep timer. So there I was like trying to lie there and read and talk to her and keep her company and give her lots of pets. Uh, and then I also was listening to myself talking just as a backup. Uh, and, you know, then like, you, you, you know, obviously if you care, you, you, your pet is your companion, your best friend. So, so it was like uh, hard for me to sleep because uh, I was constantly listening, you know, just like anything. So, okay, so all, everything normal? Is everything going well? And of course, Cole wanted kind of like every couple of hours, she wanted some reassurance. Even the podcast wasn't enough. So I said, hey, okay, let me put this blanket and tuck you in some more. 
Don't worry, I'm still here sleeping on the floor here. Uh, sleeping in quotes, mostly reading, but uh, let me tuck you in a little more. And the thing is, we all need that sometimes. Uh, I mean, this happened to be related to thing. And then, I mean, tonight, like, hopefully, uh, like, uh, like uh, she's on the upswing. Uh, she'll sleep good tonight, and I'll sleep good tonight. Uh, but it's like, uh, it can be, it's it's intense, especially for a D-O-double-G uh, to say, what in the heck just happened? But as humans, that happens all the time. You say, what in the heck happened with that spreadsheet? Or... Wouldn't it happen that I can't, uh, this one little thing happened, I can't forget about it, or, you know, something physical, or something, whatever it is, like, uh, I don't know, that's why I make the show, because sometimes, like, for me, when I was a little kid, it was school, and math in particular, and I couldn't stop thinking about it, and I w- would listen to radio to Dr. Demento, and that would be my companion on Sunday nights, to say, hey, I'm here to make you laugh, I'm here so you don't need to think about school for a few hours. Uh, like, and I think for a dog, you know, petting them and saying, hey, dude, you know, here's reassurance right here, physical audio reassurance, uh, puppy poo, that I'm here uh, to keep you company tonight. I'll be here for you. I know your mind's blown because, uh, you, you know, you're just a dog. Uh, but that's really what the podcast is about, too, in a different way, because I've been there. Uh, I mean, I was there last night, but barely slept a wink. And uh, it reminded me of other events in my life that were much more, uh, I mean, no offense to go. It was just stressful, but it wasn't like uh, she was gonna, she's going to be fine. It's just her paw. Yeah, but, you know, we've all been there in times uh, that are uh, very trying. And whether it's like a, a small thing and then your party is probably like, well, why is this such a trying time? You just got to try harder. Uh, you see, no, sometimes uh, you want somebody to be there for you. And this podcast is a little bit different. So, so it's a little bit of a strange boundary uh, to say, hey, this podcast is going to be there for you. Uh, but it kind of is. And, and I hope it can help you. I hope it can be there to take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, and it's mostly from goofing around or meanderingly talking about uh, the episode. And this is a particularly funny episode because Data plays multiple roles and it takes place in the ancient West. And Worf and Troy play a big part in it. And there's like a bunch of different moments of comic relief. Uh, it's like, a, so it may, may almost all be comic relief. Uh, so I don't know. If, if you're new, I hope this show can help you. I hope you can give it a few tries and uh, it can help you fall asleep. If you've been coming back for a long time, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sure you can hear my voice. I'm a little tired, uh, but uh, I appreciate you coming back every time for this show. And it helps me to help you just like, and, and it makes sense. Like, just like it made sense last night to say, hey, don't worry. I'm here for you. It's a little bit different with the podcast, but I'm here to help in the best way I can. And uh, so I hope it helps. And as I said, if you're new, give it a few tries, see if it can help you. But I appreciate you coming by. And I really hope and I really yearn that I can help you fall asleep. Thanks. All right, here we are, Saturday 46, uh, 271.5, season 6, episode 8. 48 hours of delay with some rendezvous. And after the external shot, we get a shot of Picard on the uh, pipe. Uh, from back from the days of the inner light, he's playing the tin flute. Uh, 
the pick, I put pick, Picard on Piccolo here, you know, because that has more ring. And we get a little day in the life of Jean-Luc here at first because uh, he's practicing. You know, he's on leave time. They're on delay a little bit. So he's practicing his pipe, a little Mozart. Uh, and uh, let's see, from Inman, from Inner Light, uh, then he keeps getting interrupted. So he says, computer pause, playback. Uh, also notice he has four sunflowers in his room. So first he just pauses playback. It looks like... Uh, for practice and redoes it. Then the doorbell rings. Uh, he pauses playback again. And Jordy and Data come in. They've got an idea about uh, using Data's brain uh, uh, to upgrade the computer interface or something. Oh, because Data's going to be an emergency backup for the entire ship. Uh, and Picard says, yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, and he kind of brushes him off. He's like, listen, I'm in the middle of, of, of flute practice here. Uh, go out. He goes, I get the idea, Mr. LaForge. Please proceed. And uh, th- this is really like a like a fan episode, the beginning of it. Uh, and he kicks them out. He gets back to work. The doorbell rings again. And it's Beverly, and she's got to play for something for breakfast. And I would have named it Breakfast with Beverly. Uh, and this was just, just so charming for me. At first she says, I want to talk to you about something for breakfast. He goes, breakfast? She goes, my play. And he goes, oh, yeah, that was intriguing drama uh, because really I can't, I can't take the lead role, Be- Beverly. I'm not much of an actor. And she goes, no problem, actually. I got to, everything cast. Uh, I don't need you as a lead. I'd like you to play horse number four. You only have two lines of oh, the butler. But like, uh, and he goes, huh, okay, uh, great. Anyway, but move, moving on. He goes, I'm a little, she goes, you're going to be great. Uh, this is going to be great. Breakfast with Beverly. Today, 1.30's rehearsal. And he says, finally, I get to play my pipe. He goes, computer, let's run this one again. Oh, and, oh wait, one thing. I got to pause my playback. Because they said 1.30, isn't it? Wouldn't it be 13.30? Uh, Beverly, are you, uh, her time's off, I think. Uh, but then the doorbell rings again. Picard goes, yes. Uh, and Worf kind of comes in uh, and he wants to do all these uh, security drills. Uh, he's, his head's hanging a little bit. Uh, he says, we got these two days off. Uh, let's do a lot of stuff. Uh, let's do some drills. The, beak, the delay of the Beko. And he goes, I got a schedule planned. And Picard goes, that's great, but uh, we're, we're about to change out new, uh, get new staff in. Why would we drill everybody? Uh, uh, and he goes, okay, then Picard goes, I'll do phaser uh, maintenance. Uh, and or Worf says that, and he goes, how, how come you're trying to work so hard, Worf? Uh, don't you have a son on board? Uh, he goes, well, I like to use the extra. He goes, enjoy yourself. It's free time. He goes, use it uh, like I'm trying to use it. Uh, and I don't know if this is the fourth or fifth try, but Picard goes to the computer. Let's take it from the top. Let's take it from the bridge. And this is really like the age we almost live in. The computer's recording and playing back, almost like recording a podcast. Uh, and Picard gets into his motion. We see a little bit of his room. Then we see Alexander. He's on his back and on the floor playing some sort of a video game. Worf comes in all grouchy. 
He kind of, uh, does this say stamps around? Oh, he st- stomps down into his seat, uh, flops right down into a chair. And he goes, Captain, a really great body language, by the way, the acting. Uh, he goes, uh, geez, Captain saw fit to relieve me of a duty. Alexander goes, really? That means we can do it? And he goes, saddle up, Father. And he puts a cowboy, black cowboy hat on Worf's head. And there's some, I put cheeky music. That's uh, funny. Or cheesy, maybe I meant. But uh, uh, then there's an opening. And then, uh, I don't know why I think of the song, West End Boys or whatever the song, Western Town, oh, Western Town with Dead End Walls. That's East Town Boys and West End Girls. Uh, I don't think that's what the song's about, but we see sun, we hear great sound effects, birds, there's dogs, there's the sun shining. It's a Western Town, like you'd see on a backlot tour. There's an old man with a corncob pipe and a squeaky rocking chair. Yeah, there's a western sun burning in the sky. We see the title, Fistful of Datas, uh, which so you know what to expect. Uh, and great sound effects, corncob pipe, pipe. Then the sound of spurs, two sets of spurs. And we see cowboy boots with spurs, one set. Uh, and it's a slow reveal. Then we see the second set of spurs, more kid size. Alexander's hands are, thumbs are in his belt. Uh, they're both standing, a little lens flare even, I think. Uh, they're in Deadwood. 19th century Earth. The ancient West. Uh, that's so funny. And Worf says, what's our function here? Alexander says, you're the sheriff, I'm the deputy. So it's time to do, you know, do like, uh, haven't you seen any of the ship Westworld or Fistful of Dollars? Uh, they go, yeah, let's get to busting some bad, bad guys or whatever. Uh, what else do I have? Two cents. Country, there's country music, which is cool. Uh, then we're back to the ship and Jordy's plugging something into Data's head and they're talking about Jordy's beard. Which he goes, geez, I notice you haven't shaved, Jordy. Are you trying to grow another beard? You remember what happened last time, right? And Jordy goes, no. He goes, that's when you get all sweaty and weird, man. He goes, uh, he goes, it's weird. In the inter- you look weird in the intermediate stage. And I like how D- D- J- Data has to open his own head. Oh, so they're talking about how the beard was looking weird. Sorry, I had to pause it. Uh, and then Data has to open his head. And I don't know if that's a security measure or what, uh, but Jordy's like, yeah, I got to scan some of the inside of your head. And Data goes, okay, let me open it up. Uh, open his head for soft, oh, it's a soft moment or soft mount. I don't know what that means. Uh, I think it was a soft moment because Jordy goes, yeah, Data, I haven't got, can't get used to seeing your brain with LEDs. and, uh, you know, they, they goes, oh, well, it's just because we're friends, you know, like, uh, this is just what I am. I am's what I am. And then Data connects to the computer. He has to turn his head uh, to the side uh, to go into the computer. Uh, then we see Worf and Alexander, uh, one of the ladies of the night or whatever, says, howdy, Sheriff Worf. Uh, and she kind of does it, uh. Also, I said, who's, oh, Mr. Barkley is the one who helped Alexander. I don't know who Mr. Barkley is, uh, maybe a teacher. Because Worf says, what's up with the uh, ladies in the night? He goes, I must have a little talk with Mr. Barkley. Uh, then we see, uh, like, a pub or a saloon. There's a piano player. 
Eli Hollander, uh, like wanted poster. Uh, it's like, like a bunch of stereotypes in, in a saloon. And war, like Eli Hollander's complaining, he's a, uh, like a, a lead tough or whatever. And they're drinking and, uh, uh, then Worf and Eli roll in or Worf and Alexander, Alexander points. There he is, Eli Hollander. Uh, arrest him, a bad guy from Bozeman. And uh, I liked how the swinging doors came. And Worf goes, uh, like, I'm here to apprehend him. And his son goes, if you can. And then Worf, like, squares his belt. Uh, and this is kind of a common theme with the uh, holodeck. He goes, hey, Mr. Hollander, you're you're in trouble. You're You're busted. And the guy goes, is that so? And Worf goes, yep. And then Worf takes him, you know, he, he prepares him to, to go in on his keister. I put, uh, I put knocked the dude on his keister. And then Alexander goes, no, 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 no. Freeze program computer. It's not supposed to be that easy. Come on, father. It was very cute how he said that. Alexander's a very cute kid. He goes, it has to be harder, uh. So then he takes his dad by the hand, leads, leads, like tells the computer, make it harder, and takes his hand, uh, and then we have a Groundhog Day moment uh, at the bar. Uh, same scene happens, but this time the bar clean, clears out of people. Worf grabs his belt again. He says, you are under arrest. Uh, and Eli says, well, it looks like Sheriff War say you're to arrest me. And then what does he stink face him? What does that say? Stand. Oh, he stands up. He faces off with Worf. Uh, then he walks to the bar, takes a drink. Uh, really good casting of this Eli Hollander. Then his sidekick it gets uh, ready. 23, he says, hey, you mess with 23 people. Uh, a guy tries to sneak up on Worf and uh, use a chair against him. Uh, but then he gets uh, distracted and excited. Uh, Worf gets excited. Uh, let me see. Let me let me get, let the screen catch up how this plays out here. Okay, Eli takes his drink. He says it's about rest of me is a bad idea. His sidekicks get ready. Eli's distracting Worf, uh, and the guy comes with the chair while he's distracted by Eli and his sidekick. Uh, and let's see what happens next. He goes, "Well, I'm taking you in." And the guy, Eli says, "Well, I guess I'm guilty then." Uh, Sheriff, uh, he does, uh, I guess he does have a little bit, uh, he goes, but you're not going to, he goes, he calls Worf U-G-L-Y, and Worf goes, well, you're arrested because you ain't got no alibi. And then he goes, oh, were you born that way or did your mama marry an armadillo? And Worf looks across, then Alexander warns him, a chair hits Worf, uh, you know, Worf, it, it, it's no, you know, not that tough for Worf. He does a bunch of moves, action moves. He crouches and spins. He goes, I'm beginning to see the appeal of this uh, program. But then Eli has the drop on him. And then I put WTF. Because uh, Eli goes, you know, I, I'm taking everything. I'm getting out of here. Worf goes, no, you're not. Uh, and he goes, well, who's going to stop me? And uh, Troy comes in. She takes his hat off his head. She goes, uh, she goes, you're busted, Eli. And he goes, he does this fancy thing with his little side, his water, water squirter. And she goes, you're going to regret this. Uh, 
Then we see the exterior of the ship. Then we see Data with Jordy in the background. Uh, they're doing some sort of like uh, some kind of initiation scan and inertial dampering system. Uh, then there's an energy fluctuation in uh, the neural net, which you never want any energy fluctuation in your neural net, clearly. Uh, Data's hands are folded. He kind of twitches even. And Jordy goes, geez, man, you are right. Uh, and uh, his hands are folded. He looks at Data. He goes, power surge. Uh, and Data goes, okay, let's detach you. Maybe this is, wasn't such a good idea, having you as the only, ba- you know, the ba- downloading the entire ship's computer on your brain or whatever. Uh, let's take a break. We'll check everything and uh, try again later. And Data goes, okay, but then Data picks up, like, some kind of scanner and does, like, a water gun move with it where he spins it around and catches it and does, like, a little southern move, and that's an ad break. And there's also more gunslinger music. And really witty title, too, I think, the way the episode plays out. But then we see the western tower town again. We see the do Eli's playing uh, um He's shuffling to play uh, solitaire, I think, and Worf's pondering, like, swift justice. Uh, and his son goes, no, there's not swift justice, it's slow justice. And Eli goes, wait till my own man finds out. And Worf goes, what old man? He goes, my pa. He's going to get me out of here. Eli's laughing. He goes, yes, when your pa comes. Uh, Eli, or Alexander goes, your pa is no match for my dad. He goes, uh. Because, yeah, when your pa comes, we'll be ready for him. And the dude sneeze laughs. Uh, and then we see uh, Troy, Counselor Troy. She loves role play. I mean, uh, she's kicked back, uh, really confident, smoking a cigarillo. She lights it off of her boot heel or the wall or something. Uh, and she she's in full character. Worf tries to break character, though. He goes, Counselor, you need to support me. Uh, and she goes, my name's Durango, bro. And he goes, oh, sorry, Counselor Durango. He goes, maybe you'd consider becoming a temporary deputy. And she says, for a price. And she blows smoke in his face. He blinks, uh, 500 bones. Uh, and Worf goes, okay, Alexander, we require large amounts of currency. Uh, Alexander goes, okay, I'll go to the bank. Uh, just funny, Worf breaks character a lot. Uh, and he goes, Deanna, how did you know so much about this period? And she goes, I love stories of the ancient West. Uh, my father used to tell them to me as a little girl. And she goes, I always wanted to play the part of a mysterious stranger. And she kicks her feet up on the desk and leans back. Very good. Uh, ancient West, I love that. Uh, and then uh, Missy Annie, Worf's girlfriend, comes by, and she's like, oh, you're so brave. Uh, Worf doesn't even know her name. She goes, it's Annie, you big galoot. And she goes, tonight I'm making you a bit of beefsteak. Uh, and Troy eggs him on. I think I heard pure, bees- oh, pure beeswax candles. I don't know if that's aphrodisiac or not, but uh, she seems to intone it as... Uh, Worf says, I got work to do. I can't come over. She's not happy about it. Uh, the dude twangs in, you two have a good time or something. There's a lot of comedy here. Uh, and she goes, what are you, seeing somebody else? Uh, 
Uh, she goes, I know about Mrs. Langford's house of pleasure. And she storms out. Then we see the ship. Then we see Picard and Earl Grey. And Picard's trying to kick back and rocking in his chair. And then his music kind of goes wrong. He goes, is this Mo-? he goes, is this Mozart Trio? Oh, no, it's not. Uh, uh, Mozart Trio Program 1 is what he wanted to listen to. Uh, tempo al Allegro. Domo irrigato tempo, tempo Allegro. Uh, then we're at play practice. Not, it's not going well. And Riker is... Uh, He's hitting some sweet duds. I can't read my handwriting. It looks like summereth duds. Uh, let's see. The, 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 I'm ahead of the, uh, the playback, so we'll see. I can't remember. I think he looks like he's in Shakespearean duds, maybe. <laughs> it's not going well, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, the director is not happy. And the uh, yeah, he's got like a blue uh, pirate shirt on almost. Uh, and uh, Doctor Crush is like, let's take it from the top again. Rikers are ready to ham it up. Uh, and he doesn't even know the lines by heart, which he, but he he like starts. Uh, so he's got to read it off of iPad, and then uh, he starts reading. This is your taxonomic nomenclature: endothermic quadruped, carnivorous by nature. And she goes, what are you reading? He goes, the lines. She goes, that's not the dialogue from my play. Sounds like Data's poetry. Your visual olfactory senses. uh, And the whole play has been deleted and replaced with Data's poetry. And it's like, what in the heck? Uh, This is my life's work. Breakfast with Beverly. It was going to be the next dinner with Andre. Then Jordy's checking a bunch of like uh, Ram chips or something. Oh, all the pads from the play. He goes, geez, this is a network problem. This is before the internet is really advanced because it's, it's, it's on the network. It's uh, the cloud files are screwed up, not the uh, iPads. And so they decide to run a level two diagnostic. Uh, Beverly goes, Jordy, with that beard, uh, maybe you could be in breakfast with Beverly. Uh, or just find the play. She goes, please, I don't have a backup. Uh, then we see Alexander carrying a bag of money, and uh, he runs into some trouble with Eli's sidekicks. Uh, and they say, "Hey, let's go on a gold mine tour." And then they say, "We got him, Hefe, for the uh, gold mine tour." And Data steps out of the uh, shadows, dressed as in like a Western villain attire. And he says, where's my boy? It really, really, really enjoyable if you're a Data fan. First you see his shadow, and he kind of eases into the frame. I guess he says, where's my boy, before you know it's Data. And Alexander says, this isn't the way the, uh, wasn't the way it is on the brochure, freeze program. Uh, then Data comes into screen, and uh, he says, freeze program again. We see, like, Alexander's like, what the heck? Uh, and Data's really hamming it up, but it's not really Data. It's a spoiler. It's a computer. I guess it's an aspect of Data. Then we go to ad break. They say, free senior Frank, and then Data says, alive. Uh, uh, then we got a post-ad. This is a scene you got to watch. 2315. Uh, Data's with his cat. Uh, 
Feline Supplement 127, 2330. The cat looks at him. He goes, good news. Uh, Let me see. Let me read the whole dialogue so so you can really enjoy it. Uh, It's cat's name Spot, I believe. Uh, Set you Feline Supplement 127. He's patting Spot. Spot's kind of looking at something. Looks at data. He goes, oh, this is a new mixture I formulated uh, of foods uh, specifically designed for your highly selective tastes. And Spot's not interested even in being on camera. So Spot runs off. Data looks confused. I find it extremely difficult to predict what you will find acceptable. Perhaps hunger will compel you to try it again. And then uh, he goes to work on his computer, and then Spot hops up on the desk and, uh, uh, like, walks on the keyboard. He goes, Spot, you're disrupting my ability to work. Uh, Maybe there was a bowl of food in front of the computer. Cat's meowing. And then he says, Vamoosh, you little varmint. Uh, And it's just like, wait, wait, what? Uh, And the camera zooms in. Then we see the piano player. Then we see Worf walking into the saloon, and he's in a bad mood. She's mad at Worf. She huffs, and it's uh, uh, filtered sunlight coming through the windows. Really nice uh, look. Uh, let's see. Worf uh, goes up to the bar. She says, what will it be? And Worf goes, I'm looking for my deputy, my kid. Have you seen him? She goes, no. And she goes, what do you want? And then Wolf goes, huh, you, have, you got prune, prune juice is what you know, He goes, Klingon Firewine. She goes, what do you think this is, Kansas City? Uh, we don't have any European drinks here. And she goes, how about a sherry? Isn't that what they serve down at the Pleasure House? Uh, why don't you have that? Uh, and Wolf goes, is, you know, is there anything like prune juice? Because, uh, yeah, I'll try that. Uh, then we hear footsteps, and through the door walks Data with uh, Eli's sidekick. So uh, there's good music and sound of the sound design, and great outfit on Data, and great great uh, body language. He goes, "Howdy, Sheriff." Uh, Worf goes, "Commander, what are you doing here?" He goes, "I'm Frank Hollander." And Worf looks, he gives looks him over. He goes, "What are you looking at?" And he goes, "Nothing, Mister Hollander." Uh, just here to drink my sherry. And he goes, what do you want? And then Data, Frank Hollander says, my boy. And Worf sips, really enjoys the sherry. He goes, well, that's impossible. He's in trouble. Uh, and he's like savoring his sherry. And then Hollander says, we'll have to work something out. Uh, if there's anything you want uh, for my boy. And Worf goes, nah, nothing. Uh, he goes, what about your son, your little deputy? Uh, is that so? He says, is that so? And Data leans against the bar, back against the bar, does a shot of whiskey, I think. Uh, and he kind of looks over at Worf like, uh, Worf loses. He says, where's my, where's Alexander? And he goes, I don't negotiate with criminals. Uh, he goes, your son's going to trial. And then Data, like, uh, kind of uh, grabs the wharf by shoulder. He goes, ouch, that hurt, uh, Commander. He goes, what are you doing? And uh, Data goes, I'm not in any mood for any games. And Data, then Worf realizes Data's not there. He goes, Commander, computer freeze program. Uh, and Data gets up in his face, and Worf kind of backs out. Uh, 
He's like, oh boy. He's like, I get you. And then he goes to leave. The guy goes, don't, I wouldn't leave, Sheriff. Uh, let's see what else. The savers is Sherry. Oh, then Morph dives out the front. Uh, there's a lot of side eyes when they're at the bar. Uh, then Troy's practicing her draw by, she's got great leather pants on. They're almost red leather pants. Wharf ducks in. Goes the holodeck's a malfunction. Uh, this is for real. Alexander's in trouble. Uh, and she goes, yeah, you got nicked by a, a bug or something. And then she says, computer freeze program. It doesn't work. Uh. Why would anyone, she goes, Captain Picard, Troy to Captain Picard, nope, Troy to security, nope. And Data go, or he goes, there's a, Hollander's father's in this, and it's like, uh, looks like Data, but it's not Data. I can't explain it. Uh, and uh, Alexander's with them. And then Eli goes, isn't that a shame? For Sheriff, uh, and we, it's a Data uh, playing another role. He goes, was my pie a little too tough? Uh, he laughs. He's chewing out a piece of straw and uh, eating some um, pie, my little. Oh, then he laughs. Uh, a great laugh. Uh, and the, uh, they come back. He goes, Data. He goes, what's going on? Where is it? He goes, where is it? My, where's Alexander? He grabs Data through the bars. Uh, Data says, uh, tamper, tamper, sheriff. Uh, so then Troy and Worf are like, Troy's like, we got to figure this out. Uh, we got to get on the case. And uh, Data even gives a weird grin over at, uh, she goes, we got to remember, even though the safeguards are off, it's still a program. It can be beat. Uh, just got to get to the end of the story. Uh, but Data's, Data's like staring and grinning. And they put exterior CL. What does that mean? Oh, exterior shot. Oh, then a captain's log. So that's, uh, uh, let's see, that's coming up. What right now, Data's looking over at Troy. Captain's log supplemental. Uh, Commander LaForge and Data found uh, there's a bunch of malfunctions on the ship. Uh, and they, then they walk into the uh, conference room. They say, hey, uh, yeah, Jordy's like, yeah, it was like uh, the interface malfunction. Uh, some of the data's programming got onto C-47, library, replicator, recreation, nothing critical. Uh, it's like, okay, that's why it was like Salvonic Nances was what was playing. And yeah, data goes, I'm into Dvorak, like Scooter is. Uh, Actors Crushers play. Uh, cat food and the replicators, uh, uh, the, the, like uh, nutrition supplements for spot. That's what everybody has to eat. And they say, okay, when can you fix it? And Data's like, uh, they're trying to figure out. He goes, I reckon it'll take two hours. And they go, what? And they say, did you say, uh, let's see, Data, oh, Data hair looks extra high. Uh, I also put, how would they know it's cat food? Uh, that was a question I had. Uh, yeah, 31 minutes is when he says, I reckon. And then they do the WTF. Uh, and they go, did you say I reckon? Oh, go fix data, please. I think that's what the, he says to Jordy. But yeah, Riker goes, did you say I reckon? Data goes, no, I don't. I didn't use those words. And everyone goes, yeah, you did. Uh, y'alls must be mistaken. And then Jordy goes, data, there you go. You did it again. He goes, did what? Uh, and then you have a car goes, take him down to engineering and see if he needs a nap uh, yeah, really quick. And then we see they walk off and Data just spits into a plant, a potted plant. Uh, 
and like walks with like a bow legs or whatever you call it, like a cowboy. And get a great look exchange between Riker and Picard. Then we see Troy's looking out a window. Uh, we hear the sound of cards. We see Data shuffling the cards at like, a, you know, a 10 times speed. Troy's shocked by this because uh, yeah, uh, she's starting to make connections, you know. She's like, this is not good uh, if you can do it that fast. He goes, what are you looking at or something? That's what Data says to Troy. And uh, Worf returns. She goes, Worf, uh, Data, he's, he, he, they have Data's skills. Uh, knock, knock. Uh, uh, the villain fancy present promotion. Uh, Worf's trying to get out of case. But, uh, yeah, here's Troy. She says, he has Data's speed. You can't go against these dudes. Uh uh, if he has Data's abilities, uh, what are we going to do? His father probably does, too. Oh, then there's a knock at the door. They get ready. Uh, they go to the door. It's Hollander. The villain fancy premonition or 3340. Uh, but this is cool. At 3340 is when Data sits down with Data. So Frank Hollander sits down with Eli Hollander. Uh, his son's cowering and lying. Uh, uh, like, uh, cause he's like, did you touch any two hairs on my son's heads? And I don't know. It's interesting how they must've shot it. Uh, but yeah, Eli's cowering, uh, how they treating you real bad, pa. Worf's not nice to me. Uh, something fierce. He goes, don't worry, boy. Uh, sheriff's gonna, you know, have to, uh, you know, and he goes, who's the stranger? He goes, I don't know, pa. She ain't said her name. Yes, she did. Durango. She's in cahoots with Sheriff. Uh, and then he says, sit tight, boy. I'll have you in home from town for supper. And he goes over. He kind of glares at Worf. Uh, he says, you got one chance. He goes, release my son, and, uh, you know, I'll trade you your kid. Uh, and Worf goes, I've reconsidered your offer. He goes, uh, let's do it. Uh, and he goes, I knew you'd have a change of heart. Two hours. Uh, in front of the saloon, I'll be in front of the stable. No strangers, though. Strangers ain't invited. And uh, the kid nods. Uh, he nods at his kid. His kid nods back at him. And then they leave. And then Troy consults her, like, movie knowledge from all the spaghetti westerns she saw. She goes, in two, th- two hours, they're going to double-cross you is what's going to happen. We need a plan. And every Western I've read, oh, so not movies. Villains always break their words. Can't be trusted. Or because it's an honorable agreement. And she goes, this is the ancient West. There's no uh, honorable agreements out here. And that will, like, it has the speed and accuracy of an android. And then we go to an ad. We come back from the ad. Riker's, Jordy's working on data. Riker comes up. Or Riker, Jordy, uh, data's still talking in country speak. Uh, Eighteenth, uh, nineteenth century West, because uh, you got it, partner. And they're like, "What the heck is going on? Uh, we're gonna have to purge Data's uh, all the memories of everything uh, and do a restore." And they go, "What about the recreational m- m- databases?" They go, "Yeah, it'll be fine. Two hours tops." Uh, and then Riker goes to walk up. He goes, "Commander, you just sit tight. We're gonna have this all fixed up in time for supper." Uh, but Data does not break character, so it's really good. Uh, then we have Worf and uh, Troy planning. 
Troy has a hands on her hips. Uh, uh, they're like trying to figure out, okay, what is our move going to be to uh, get Alexander back? Then there's a knock at the door, and it's Miss Annie. She's taking the telegraph machine uh, from or bought it or something. I don't know uh, what what I had to go through to get the uh, old man's telegraph machine, which must be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, I would assume. And they also have their communicators out. Uh, and Worf's like, this is excellent. Uh, and she goes, why do I keep risking myself for you, Sheriff? And he says this. Uh, and Troy goes, uh, Worf, uh, this is part of the story. He goes, oh, yes, Miss Annie. Uh, he says, I'm in your debt. And then the clock strikes four. Uh, but it, and also it moves again. Like It looked like it was painted on or something. Uh, and then it moves, and then we know time has passed, and Worf's, like, got some device on his belt uh, with a communicator and a telegraph. He's like, that'll give me 15 seconds, but it's unstable. Let's hope it's enough. Uh, and then we see the western town again, a bird's calling. Uh, they come out of the sheriff's station with Eli and Worf, uh, and they walk out on the street, uh, uh, actually, data trips. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. I don't think so. You hear spur, you know, great sound design again. People are closing up their shops and worrying. There's even, uh, what do you call that? A tumbleweed, but it's not, it's, it's, uh, not moving. I don't know if they did this on the Universal back lot or where. Uh, you know, this is a Paramount show. Uh, but then the camera goes like a long pull out, like a boom shot of the uh, whole street and the uh, wharf and date at one end. And at the other end of the street appears, uh, Frank Hollander and uh, Alexander. And so we see a long street between them. We get a couple of shots of the face off. Uh, Frank lights a cigar, cigar or cigarillo or something. Wharf glares. Uh, Frank throws away his match. Uh, says, uh, start walking, Alexander. Or says, start walking, Eli Data. Uh, Data's like, uh, got tense. Then we see one of his sidekicks, uh, uh, two of his sidekicks, but now they're both Data as well. Uh, and they're, they're getting ready to, uh, you know, not play by the rules. Uh, then Data, Eli, passes Alexander, and he grins and laughs. And then we see everybody getting ready to cheat on Worf. Uh, and Frank says, Eli, get down. Uh, Worf says, Alexander, get down. And then he makes an instant shield somehow with the telegraph and his communicator. And he uh, counts until uh, everybody's out. Then Troy protects him, like, because she was hiding. And then one of the guys says, Senior Frank. And he throws Frank another, like, water squirter. And he goes in the air. Uh, Data Frank catches it, but Worf uh, uh, uses a move and uh, it, it puts it right out of his hand. And it flies through the air, and everyone's uh, stunned uh, that Worf has bested the android. Uh, he raises his hands to his side. He says, go ahead, make my day. He doesn't say that because they think that was uh, trademarked. Uh, Alexander looks on from the ground, uh, impressed. Uh, we need to see what kind of justice is in his dad. He says, don't show your face in this town again. Your face, even though there's four of them, they all have the data's face. Uh, 
And then they all walk off together out of town. Uh, more sound effects. Uh, Troy runs to Worf. Then they run to Alexander. They go into the saloon. And he's like, father, father. Uh, and they hug. He goes, you okay? He goes, oh, yeah. And then they're like, well, how come the programming hasn't come back? End program. Because I don't understand why it's not going back to normal. Story's over. What's left? Uh, and then we get one more good piece. Uh, is this it? We have 4154. Uh, a data dressed as Miss Annie comes down the stairs. So holding his dress. Uh, he goes, you're as handy handy with an iron as you are with a woman's heart. Uh, and Worf's like, computer and program, please. Uh, and she rushes down the stairs to give him a big hug and a kiss. Uh, and you could tell they're having fun with this. He goes, computer, now. And then she puts her head on his shoulder. Worf, like, rolls his eyes and, like, holds his nose. And then the, the uh, holograph uh, vanishes, and they're back in, like, the the room. Then we have Captain's Log. Uh, we see two ships, uh, the exterior. Everything's back to normal. Uh, Biko supply ship is here. Alexander, we see him in bed uh, in his PJs. Worf comes in to check on him. He looks lovingly down at his son. They're kind of indifferent. And then he says, Father, Alexander's really cute. Father, uh, after what happened, uh, do you ever not want to go back and play that game again at the Ancient West? And Worf considers it, and he says, uh, the town of Deadwood may need us again. Uh, and when they do, they'll need a sheriff and a deputy. Uh, that are, you know, great, and, and Alexander smiles. He says, my papa does love me, loves spending time with me. And Worf walks into his room with all his trophies and weird chairs, uh, and he looks down his hats on the chair. He puts it on his head. First, he picks it up and studies it. Uh, and then he walks up to the mirror, puts it on. And uh, really, uh, he adjusts his shirt, adjusts his, rolls his, runs his hand across the brim and mugs for it uh, and practices his draw. And then the camera zooms in and he's really uh, passionate. And he smiles, this huge smile. Really a highlight. Really, that was like around uh, 44 minutes when he smiles. And then we see the Enterprise head out, uh, and that's the end of another adventure, a fistful of datas. Uh, I hope you dream of multiple datas uh, rocking you to sleep. <laughs>